Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Rowing Chat. Today is a rather special episode for me because I've got a first. I've been doing the podcast since 2013, and I've never before had a rowing photographer on as my guest. And today I'm delighted to welcome Marijn Suters from the Netherlands. Hello. Thank you very much. I'm so proud to be the first. <laughs> In fact, we both know that I have had other people who take photographs on the podcast, haven't I? Yes, but there are a few who are crazy enough to actually make it into their living. You're a full-time professional photographer. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. And just for rowing? No, well, uh, mainly. Um, there's this uh, neat thing that happens is that when you have a niche, that's kind of your base. And then people start knowing you uh, in that niche. But those people who are rowers also are, whether it's lawyers or they have a shop or they have, or they're, they have a, another magazine or something like that. Um, but I do think that still uh, about 90% of my income or work or uh, time spent is on rowing. Yeah. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your background in the sport of rowing. How did you get started? Um, well, when I in, in the Netherlands, rowing is a real student sport. A lot of people start rowing when they're a student. And uh, the same goes for me. I was uh, about 18 when I joined 19 when I joined a rowing club in Amsterdam. It's called School um, and immediately loved it. Um, not immediately turned very active, but it took me a couple of years to really find my groove, which was not uh, any high-end rowing. It was not. I was not the great athlete. Mainly in my head, I did. I don't have training talent. I have hard work talent, but not training talent. Um, so I started rowing recre recreationally and uh, doing like we, we in the Netherlands. Uh, the student clubs are only run by students actually so they do commissions and a year of board and then a friend of mine actually um, I was a little bit bored um, at some races to be very honest and a friend of mine said here's a camera go and play with it Ooh. so I did and I put those um, photos on the website of the of the club and in that time I was studying uh, uh, psychology I'm a social psychologist psychologist and um, I was working behind a bar um, uh, in hospitality and at a, an assessment center. But soon enough, people started e emailing me asking if they could buy the photos. And that really, um, it, it, be, it was, we have a saying in the Netherlands, it, it, which basically means it went awry. It was a hobby that went awry. And um, uh, soon thereafter, I was spending most of my time on, uh, on photography. Wow. And so was NL Rui one of your customers? Only for a tiny little bit. Um, they, it was more the Rowing Federation. NL Rui is a Dutch uh, rowing news website, um, which has been um, changing ownership. And, uh, um, and there were times when I worked together with them a lot. I haven't in, uh, in years, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So... Out of, out of nowhere, a career for a psychologist turns into a photographer. Rowing's not easy to photograph. So talk us through what is it in, let's, let's start by talking about the simple things that you can photograph at a regatta. 
Well, the simplest thing would be just the rowing boat in action. And then there's the regattas where you, uh, like uh, the head of the river Amstel, where you would just sit on the bank of the river and um, and shoot every boat that passes. And then at least you produce a lot. You might not have the most interesting set of photos. And what I think what I soon... Um, discovered was that not only I would be a little bit bored when I would only shoot from one position the whole day, but actually yeah. my clients or the visitors, my potential clients, the visitors of my website would be bored as well. Um, and mind you, I think that I started rowing photography before Facebook existed. I started rowing photography in officially in 2007 and Facebook was not very much by then. I'm not sure if it existed yet, but it it, uh, it really started with a website. So you could very easily track who who saw what uh, before we started posting everything on Facebook. And then, so yeah, the simplest thing to get back to your question is is just that boat with everyone in it. But that's also maybe the most boring thing if that's all you shoot. I th- yeah. I think. And if you were to describe your specialist take if i look at a whole load of rowing photographs i can see a marine suitor's photograph what is it that you bring to the image that is very uniquely you oh that's a really difficult question because um i i know i know i'm the guest on the podcast but i would almost want to ask you what what it is um i won't do that right now and, and unless i mean you're the boss of the show um I, I think it's not, I would say it's not necessarily the one photo, but more the collection has to be broad and diverse. And maybe the one thing that I would bring to the, to the game uh, is the light. I think you can use light in any way. It's never bad light. If you think the light is bad, then either you're at the wrong location or you're not inspired, but you can always shoot something good, I think. Now, sometimes it's rainy and sometimes it's dark. And But a good gloomy photo of people who are miserable in a boat can really speak a lot more than a bright sunny day. Right, right. So I'm no photographer. I'm a one finger, one eye point shoot. Uh, very boring. What should? How do you train yourself to notice the light? Yeah, I think it's um, about wandering uh, with an O. Um, I think it's about being. You, you, when you go back to the time that photography was on film, there was this period of time between uh, depositing your rolls and and getting the prints back. <laughs> if you didn't develop itself, you, you, the the photos yourself, and it was really um, exciting, sometimes nerve wracking, if you really needed something. Um, but that still exists. But the the time gap is just uh, a lot shorter. But you still, with every photo, can have that feeling of excitement. And even when it's click, and then going to your screen, you're you still can be excited about what it is that you made, and then be critical. Don't 
be done when you think, oh, that's good or that's not good. Um, but really look and think to yourself, okay, what is good? Why does this photo work? Why does it not work? Photos, um, I think a lot of people say they don't know anything about photography, but photography works for you. There's a lot in the image um, that can work on the eye and on the brain of the people who's looking at it. And some photos speak to everyone, even if it's just that one tiny single in the distance. And it might not be much, but for some reason it works. And it's about the composition, it's about the color, it's about the light. Um, and you can, you can search for that feeling when you look at your own photos as a photographer. But you have to be critical and never be, well, not never be content. You can really be happy with some photos every now and then. Yeah. Now, what you described about the image of the, um, you know, the, the 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 landscape, and then suddenly there's a single. So this is one that I particularly like, and right. of course, it's showing a lovely row of houses until I move my hands, and you realise there are two tiny little scholars wearing bright yellow shirts and a double, and another one in a single. And what you're enjoying is the symmetry of, of the trees and the houses. Yeah. But of course, that is not the point of that photograph, is it? No. And to be very honest, you, you call it a lovely uh, row of houses. I find that area by the water one of the ugliest things Dutch architecture has produced. The, the, and, and then with the barren trees that are, I, I think this was in November somewhere. And it is about the symmetry. I mean, I don't even like the neon clothes that the rowers are wearing, but there is beauty in ugliness. There is, um, it's miserable. I think that photo is pretty, uh, speaks, doesn't, doesn't appeal to people who don't row, but people who do row feel something with that photo um, a recognition of what it's, what it is like to be out on the water in the in the gray and the dark you're still in that single and and i think that when you take something like a, a background like this which works aesthetically photographically because of what you say the symmetry even the symmetry of the trees and the houses and i think the cars are even parked relatively nicely there yeah. um but it makes it more real than when you have another beautiful mountain in the background uh, which brings us then to the beautiful mountain in the background shot. It's almost like you you actually have this prepared. Well, you know, I, I like to be a professional. So here is the Dutch women's quad looking gorgeous with a beautiful mountain in the background. Yeah. And you've got so close to the water's edge that you feel like your eye is at the height of the Orlock. And yeah. their blade symmetry is beautiful. Um and I'm guessing that must be, it's not Lucerne, is it? No. Sarno? No, it's, uh, it's somewhere yes. hardly anyone knows. It's uh, Pusiano, which is, it's um, a, a small village. Uh, there's a lake there. And the Dutch uh, women's, uh, uh, women rowers have went there for years and years because the Dutch head coach of the women, Josie Verdonkschot, 
uh, found a rowing center there, a very nice rowing center and, uh, and a nice hotel. And they would go there for three, three weeks or four weeks uh, for training camps. The water is beautiful. The club is beautiful. And they have their little bubble there. And the funny thing to, to say about this is that Josi Verdongschot, uh, who now um, uh, is, 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 is an American, is, is at the at US rowing. He's Dutch, but um, he's actually kind of Italian, uh, but that's, that goes too far <laughs> from now. Um, he is not a photographer, but he knows photography. He, he, um, he sees, he has the, the eye. And he's quite a skilled uh, boat driver. Um, so he dares, for the love of the shot, to get me really close. And I often don't even have to say what I want because he sees the same thing as, as I. Mm -hmm. So uh, he welcomed me on the to go to uh, Pusiano in Italy and to spend some time there and to shoot uh, the rowers there, which was fantastic. And then I would be on this uh, catamaran with him and he would tell me a lot about the crew and about rowing and about coaching and that. But in the meantime, he would get me that close to the, to the rowers. And, and then the water is spectacular. And the rowing of that quad was really beautiful. And then just, of course, beauty. I mean, I can go on about how beautiful ugliness can be, but beauty is here. Is it, it's, it's almost a natural thing. It, I mean, it is, it is, it has so many elements. They happen to all be wearing the same uniforms. You know, they've all got their Dutch rowing row suits on. That wasn't a coincidence. Oh, you planned that, did you? Well, they, they did. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, I would go there. I would uh, tell them that I'm coming. They're there for three weeks. So they, they also kind of have to plan what they're wearing uh, yeah. every day because at a certain moment you just run out of unis. Um, and then they yeah then they would or they would combine it beautifully there's not a picture of this in this book but of the I have a picture of the eight and they have three different suits but in the same order constantly and that looks beautiful as well almost as a, as a rainbow on the water uh, I think you're probably quite good at charming your subjects into wanting to look good for you it's it's a it's a win-win situation because there's also some like if they go to those ends, then of course they also get the photos and they can also use them and my clients will pay and the rowers the rowers are not very often my clients rowers it also feels this is a completely different subject but it can feel really weird sometimes that I make money on the rowers and the better the Dutch rowers or Canadian rowers do, because I shoot for the Dutch and Canadian Rowing Federation. Um, well, frankly, the better it is for me as well. So I also am grateful to them when they perform. And, um, and, and so they also get the photos. So if I can ask a blunt question, how sure. do you make a living from photography? You are a full-time professional photographer, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. It's not... Um, um, I wanted to say it's not easy, but it's also not hard. Um, I think I think there's a couple of things that work in my advantage. One is that um, I worked in marketing communications. So I know what the person behind the desks 
uh, need, what the people behind the desks need, and I know uh, how to use a photo, for example, in print. Um, yeah. I know there's something uh, uh, when you when you are doing uh, a magazine or a website, you need something to choose from. So I just send my photos. I make a broad selection. People can choose. I'm not going to be too difficult about, oh, I will decide which photo you need or whatever. Um, there's that working together with it. And the other thing is sticking with it. Um, you're not going to make a full-time wage within one year when you start doing some rowing photography. If you would want it, then you have to really get your base from somewhere. Uh, go, be dependable, go to all the events, also when you don't make a, make a living from it yet. Um, mm. Be available, um, be persistent, uh, be, show initiative. So email people saying, I have this um, yeah. and I'm willing to sell it to you. Um, don't give it away for free uh, because then no one will ever take you seriously. Um, but just yeah, stick with it and be be de decent. Overall, be decent. I, I always say the best photographers are not the most successful, and the most successful are not the best. I can see that. Yeah, there is a lot of elements of humanity in your personality as well as your skill with a lens and a camera. <laughs> well, I yeah. I, I think when you take a lot of photos, and so far I took about, I think uh, I still have about 300,000 or, or something, which is not even that many when you consider that it's been 15 years. Um, but then you know that there are some fantastic shots. But there's yeah. also some very, very average shots. And I'll tell you that you can come home from an event from a World Cup and be absolutely psyched because what you have on average mm. is fantastic and you can come home from an event and on average it's quite average <laughs> so how many clients do you have in a, a year um i have say i have two big clients or mm. like uh, continuous clients which are the two federations the dutch and the canadians which i'm very happy to work with and they're also very nice people i want to have said that um but i think in total per year i have in a bad year 200 and in a good year 400 clients and that ranges from that big federation to the mother of a rower who would like a small print on her uh, fridge um, yeah. and then you're talking about 10 or 15 euros or dollars and so it really ranges but you need yeah. no one's going to hire a, a rowing photographer full-time and uh, and pay their yearly income uh, rowers aren't work. like football stars where you you're paid to follow them around <laughs> or um, no i'm i'm immediately thinking but no i i don't think so no even though what's funny is that in your in your computer systems you can um, tag your rowers, so you, you do right. that after every event or during every event, and um, then when you search for a rower, um, in some cases there are five hundred photos of a certain rower because just they've been around for a long time, and so have I, um, mm. and then it kind of feels like you have been just kind of stalking them everywhere. <laughs> Oh, here's your career in photographs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So for the amateurs listening, what makes a good rowing shot? Um, I think the light. I think there's no such thing as a good rowing shot. There's so many different things and it really depends on... I think one thing is being prepared because that goes to which shot do you want to take? Do you want to take a close-up of of your uh, son or daughter's uh, uh, boat? Then you have to be prepared for when the moment comes and take your time, take a good deep breath and choose your position. Don't, don't like uh, dump your bike in the grass and think that you can do it in two seconds. Just if you want to take a good shot, then take your time to prepare and take that good shot. Look at where the light is and all that. Um, but the other thing is really, uh, what do I want? Do I want that close up or do I want a nice overview of the, of the area. One thing that I once wrote about is you can follow a crew everywhere, but if you always shoot from a bridge or from the riverbanks and you always have them with uh, water in the background, then basically if it's the same crew, you have the same photo throughout the year 10 times. Um, what's the surrounding? What's the, and what's the moment? I like to choose the a, a stretch like maybe 200 meters before the finish of um a, a five or eight kilometer race because then everyone's dying in the boat and it makes for the most beautiful gorgeous ugly faces and i actually think that well often men are really happy with those shots because they feel they look heroic and yeah. and you know like a dying swan or a, or a or a beast in the boat um women aren't always as pleased when i take that position <laughs> we'd look us looking pretty at the start yes no sweat. Yeah. no sweat no that, this is very generalizing but but i do have the feeling after so many years that that is kind of the the general feel about rome photography do you crop your photographs oh yeah when so you, you take a picture and then you look at reducing it in size. So obviously rowing boats are long and thin and, and cameras don't typically fit yeah. well. And not um, not 40 or 50 percent. But I think it, it's safe to say that every single photo that you see online has been edited. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I have the eye, I think, for a photographer. I don't have the skills. I sometimes see photographers who shoot and what comes from their camera is immediately good and complete and almost done. And the lighting is good and the cropping is good. Um, I don't have that. I need to edit. And I think, I honestly think that that's also when you start getting in that flow, that also leads to that most of your shots look maybe that's a little bit of what you said earlier. Like you can see that it's one of my shots. Um, often they would be just, just right. Not, there's not like, I like either to, to be the tip of the uh, bow and stern, both to be in the photo or neither, neither, yeah. neither of them, yeah, yeah. not halfway and also not, too much water under and and no air above or you know all those things it kind of kind of has to be right 
here we go. Here is the stern is in the picture and the bow is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there I think the balance works. Yeah, it does. And the fact that one man is turned and looking towards you is quite interesting as well. That's that's just that's good fortune when that happens. But you've got the the, the you've you've decided how to lay, lay out the shot. And you probably have three three or four photographs. You've got the three before, and then he turns his head and he heard the click of the shuttle. I don't know exactly. And this was in uh, Linz, I think, at the two thousand nineteen uh, World Rowing Championships, and we went to the start on I think a finals day, uh, but very early in the morning. So we drove through this. Um, because a friend of mine who is not a Roman photographer, but uh, a commentator, he was with me. Um, and we drove through this forest because you couldn't get to the start or it, eventually it, it worked. Um, and we were just in time to see this amazing sunrise and all the boats were training. And I think, uh, but I'm doing this from the top of my head that this is uh olaf tufte on one of his uh, yeah 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 it's the norwegian crew definitely i can yeah. see from their, their roses um, and that's the funny thing olaf tufte doesn't really have any idea who i am but i do go to the all these events for years and years and and there are these people like my drysdale to me is a familiar face and um when I'm at an event and Mahe is there, it's kind of like, oh yeah, we're all here, you know. And even though he doesn't know who I am, and um, it, and the same goes for Oliver Zeitler or for Emma Twig or for you know all these all these great athletes. Um, it's kind of it's nice when the whole rowing circus, because that is what it is, um, packs their bags and is like, okay, we'll see you in three weeks at the next World Cup, and we'll all be there. And we'll all just go into our same roles and uh, and yeah and enjoy being there. That's fantastic. Now the book that I have been holding up from time to time during this uh, discussion is called The Big Picture, and then it's in Dutch. Roy photography do marine suitors. Perfect. Very bad Dutch accent. As I was joking earlier, you wouldn't know my grandmother was Dutch. Um. But more importantly, where can people get a hold of it? Because it's a big book. It's it's weighty and it's hardback and it's a landscape coffee table book with lots and lots and lots and lots of photographs. It is. No, it, it, it's about two kilos. Um, it is on my website. And that's also the, the, the only place to uh, to get it, unfortunately, or, unfor or fortunately, I don't know. Um, so yeah, on marijnsuters.com and uh, it, uh, also when you just go to the homepage, then uh, then there's a clear button and then you get there. And then depending on where you're from, um, there is a lot of shipping involved, but also just email me if you, uh, if it doesn't work. Fantastic. And the price is 40 euros plus whatever yeah. the shipping is. And I will put the link into the show notes. Thank so you that so much. anyone who wants to buy a little early Christmas present for themselves or for some someone else who would enjoy. Some well, it still that. has to be shipped. Tell me about it. it so, 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 so how early? Is... How early is early? Well, it's funny you should mention it, but right here, I picked up a leaflet that says, give Santa a helping hand, choose how you get your parcels. Oh, right. It has last shipping dates. So to get to uh, Europe, I have to post it on Friday, the 18th of November. Oh, well, then we have plenty of time still. 
<laughs> I love your optimism. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. I am now going to think more carefully about my own rowing photography, which is um, poor, to say the least. Uh, but more importantly, I just really appreciate how the professionals do it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And to my listeners, till next time, please tell a friend about Rowing Chat and we'll see you out on the water. <laughs>